I'm Dr. Alyssa Watson. And I'm Dr. Beth Mollison. Thank you for joining us in the Veterinary Break Room. In the Veterinary Break Room, Dr. Beth and I have short conversations where we kind of chat informally about relevant topics in veterinary medicine. And today we are going to be discussing um, owning pets and whether or not that makes you a happier person. There was actually a article in Psychology Today um, that kind of questioned this idea that pets, you know, make us happier, that people who own pets are happier than people who don't own pets, which is really kind of a prevalent um, idea, I feel like, in society, especially being pushed by um, people in the pet uh care market um, and certainly, you know, pet food companies, as well as people who make things, you know, to help care for your pet. And that this is really this kind of idea that having a pet makes us a happier person. And in this particular um, article, they kind of looked at a broad set of research from multiple countries, uh, not just from the U.S., that kind of questioned this idea. And they found that statistically, there really was no difference between people who the ha reported happiness of people who own pets versus people who don't own pets. And um, there was some uh, explanation for why they thought that was the case. But we'll dive into that in a second. Uh, the first thing I wanted to know from you, Dr. Beth, is did this surprise you? <laughs> Yes, it, it did. And I saw this article and it, yeah, it really took me by surprise because I feel like we've heard this message, or at least I have so frequently that I didn't question its validity in the slightest. I really do feel like we take it as a known fact in society, or at least maybe in, in my skewed perspective as an animal lover and veterinarian. Um, I feel like you hear it often enough um, that you believe it. And I think maybe even more importantly, we base it off of what we perceive in ourselves. And I mean, I, 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 I think I'm happier <laughs> with my pets. So yeah, it was really shocking to me. Um, and like you said, this wasn't just like a one-off study where like maybe their findings were different than every other study that's been done in the past. It was five, five different countries. So 13 studies across five different countries, and it was pretty consistent that, you know, there is no statistical difference in that happiness, like you were saying. So yeah, it really shocked me. What, what were your thoughts? Had, had you ever thought about this before? So I, I had the exact same, you know, initial reaction as you did after reading through the article and we'll talk a little bit about why they think this might be the case. Uh, it made a lot of sense to me. As well as I started to think about, you know, well, what are you actually measuring when you're measuring happiness? And could there be other benefits to pet ownership besides just overall happiness? And we can kind of get into our thoughts on that because I think there probably are other benefits to pet ownership other than than happiness, you know. So, um, so the reason that they kind of provided for the for the findings that pet ownership does not increase overall happiness is something called the hedonic treadmill or hedonic adaptation. And that means that people just inherently 
um, kind of go back to this baseline of normal after both a really happy event as well as a very sad event. And so, you know, getting a new animal, while it might make you happier for a short period of time, you tend you know, people in general just tend to kind of go back to their baseline happiness level. Um, and I thought that was really interesting, especially given if anybody follows the podcast, you know that um, towards the end of last year, towards the end of 2023, my family unexpectedly lost our our dog, our my dog de Bordeaux, Luna, who was my heart dog. Um, and it was it was really devastating because it was very sudden. And um, in the aftermath of that, I was so depressed and I didn't have a dog. And I thought, oh my gosh, how did I end up in this situation where I don't have a dog? Like I don't have an animal in this house. Um, and, and so it was kind of a whiplash thing where I, that immediate time afterwards, I thought my whole life had completely changed, but you know, they say that time heals all wounds and things like that. And truly after, you know, several weeks and, and a few months, things got back to normal, even without her. And so, um, so yeah, I thought, you know, just reading through this and, re and reflecting on things that had happened to me personally, you know, recently, mm -hmm. um, kind of <laughs> was, was interesting. So yeah. And I've always been fascinated by that concept of the hedonic treadmill, I've been reading some um, like finance books and finance content lately, and they talk about it a lot um, in that realm because, of course, whenever we think about money or um, our salary and we think about like what number would make us happier, I, you know, I, I'm probably misquoting, but like studies have shown that, you know, once we reach that number, that hedonic mm -hmm. treadmill kind of resets and we're just we get used to our new normal um which like you said is both a pro and a con uh it would kind of be nice if we could ride that animal high for forever um but at the same time when something bad happens or we our happiness does take a hit obviously that hedonic treadmill effect is kind of a protective mechanism to get us back to baseline um but what did make me laugh is it, it and I think one of the reasons this really did surprise me is because I think of pets as maybe one of the few things that would not have been affected as much by this hedonic treadmill concept. Because to me, you know, you're interacting with that. It almost seems like every time you interact with that pet, you know, don't you get a little lift from that baseline <laughs> off the treadmill? And I have to laugh because yesterday I was I was talking to my good friend. Um, we were talking a lot about different dog breeds and we were laughing because he's really into like large, long haired dog breeds. And I'm very into, well, Paul, my, <laughs> my dog. I'm, I'm into Paul. Who is, yeah, we're in a really just Paul. Um, but no, actually the opposite. I was saying like when I look at a dachshund, someone needs to study what happens to my brain chemicals. And it makes me laugh because I wasn't even thinking about the fact that we were doing this as our podcast. But I was like, someone needs to evaluate the brain chemistry that is happening. Because when I see a dachshund face, like my happiness, <laughs> you know, it's it's all those endorphins and serotonin and dopamine release um, that really just really does it for me. And so they did, you know, say in this article that despite, and I it does make me curious about maybe some of the the mechanisms with which they gauge this happiness, but they did mm -hmm. kind of admit that 
when we interact with our pets, we do maybe get some of those surges of brain chemicals. Um, but that some of the thought was, you know, people that, and so you do have those moments of surges, but maybe your overall happiness doesn't necessarily go up. And then they also kind of discussed the concept of, um, I think this was maybe mentioned in the the Michigan State research that was done about whether or not pets made people happier during the pandemic. And I think they mm-hmm. kind of stated that people seem to find other things that made them happy, um, which I just thought was kind of an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, that was one thing I was thinking about when, when I was looking at the findings. Um, well, one thing I thought was, did they pair these people? Like what, what was their control group? <laughs> so I had to be all analytical and statistical about it. I'm like, well, what was the control group was, were these animal people, you know, did, did the people want pets? <laughs> right. But then I saw in one study, they actually did, they paired them with people who wanted a pet, but didn't have one. And so I thought that was really interesting um, that their overall happiness was not, was not any different. Um, but the other thing too is, you know, happiness is a really subjective thing to study. And I do think there are probably other benefits to owning a pet besides just Mm -hmm. happiness, you know, um, and certainly other, other health benefits too, you know, not just psychological well-being and health, but, but physical health. I mean, I, I, believe there have been studies that people with pets are more active, you know, that they, you know, Mm -hmm. it encourages you to get out and walk more and do more things, Um, you know, as well as me for one, I wanted my kids to grow up in a home with pets because it helps teach responsibility, caring for another, you know, living being. And so I think that those things are also important and, I'm not sure overall, you know, happiness is, is the gauge to really say, you know, that, that pet ownership is good for you or, or not good for you. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point that it's not, you know, our happiness is not all that matters in the world. Um, And some interesting things that I thought weren't brought up. Well, one was when I first saw the the title of this article, I thought maybe they were going to say that sure, you've got some high highs with pets, but maybe you have some low lows, you know, maybe that the costs of pets or as I'm dealing with in my house, like the behavioral (laughs) issues of pets or the responsibility, you know, the vet care, I thought maybe they would argue that that, you know, kind of evened out the balance. Um, But that wasn't really touched on. But, But to me, that's maybe another thing where you do have these serotonin hits throughout the day, but maybe you're also having hits to your wallet every month or, or things like that that could balance it out. And then the other thing um, I think would be interesting to dive into would be the dog dog versus cat, um, mm-hmm. which Alyssa, you might've looked in more detail. I'm, I'm sure they evaluated all pets, um, but you're right about the, the activity. I believe I read a study recently that did show that dogs help you live longer, but cats don't, but that they narrowed it down to, it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the dog versus cat debate. They narrowed it down to that increased activity, activity. and social mm-hmm. interaction. Um, both of those have been shown to um, improve, you know, improve your longevity. And I could see that. I mean, I, I think after 39 years, I'm finally willing to admit that, yeah, getting out and walking 
and and having movement helps my mental health and physical physical health too. So I could see how even just that movement perspective um, is so important too. Yep. Yep. So that was interesting discussion and it was a fun thing to read. And I'm glad that you sat down with me today to talk about it. I agree. I think it would be fun too to start asking our our. Don't you feel like most of your clients, if you ask them in the exam room, if they're if they're happier because of their pets, it, it would be an interesting survey. I feel it like. would be. Um, we should do that. <laughs> yes, maybe we're all fooled and our pets don't actually make us happier. But um, I think I, I think this study was very interesting. So Alyssa, I think that leads us to mm-hmm. our one of the week. Yes, I believe it does, and so. Um, very consistent with today's topic, my <laughs> win of the week, I'm sure you knew that this was going to be my win, is that, um, you know, we had, uh, we have acquired a pair of puppies. Um, so we actually got two puppies recently. They are not related. They are from separate litters, although they, they both, the mothers of both of these litters were Dog Day Bordeaux, which is what what our dog was. Um, and so, but they were both pulled out of shelters, actually. These pregnant Dog Day Bordeaux were pulled out of shelters, um, one in LA and one in Phoenix. And then they gave birth in foster care. There was 11 in one litter and nine in the other. And um, yeah, oh gosh. <laughs> And so we ended up with with one from each. Um, so we ended up with one from each litter and we're having so much fun, but it is so much work. And like you said, you know, that the high, high highs, but there's also the low, low <laughs> lows. And um, yesterday morning was one of those low, low lows when uh, everything went wrong and the puppies uh, broke one of my pots and there was dirt all over the house. And I could definitely see how that can even out. <laughs> Yes, I know. Alyssa, I'm not a puppy person, as we may have talked about before. So I had to laugh when, you know, I hadn't talked to you for a week or two. And I call you and you're like, oh, by, by the way, I've got these, I've got two these puppies. giant breed puppies. And yeah, very apropos to today's topic. I'm like, well, I hope that makes you happy because it would not be my key to happiness. But they're very cute. So I'm glad overall, it sounds like things are going so well. Everything's going well. How about you? Tell us your wins. Yeah, well, um, I'm going to stick with our topic of the day. And um, for contrast, maybe this supports the the study that studies that we were talking about. My one is going to be that my best friend got a puppy. (laughs) So to me, that might be the real secret to happiness is having a puppy you can visit, um, but not in your house. And so, yeah, my my good friend adopted a St. Bernard puppy. And so my one is that this weekend we're going to go see him and more importantly, meet his new puppy going to take the kids I can't even I'm not even sure they've ever been around a puppy um so I'm just really excited for that and yeah great when other people get puppies good socialization for the puppy and for the kids that's right I'm doing my my duty in getting this dog socialized (laughs) to some rambunctious children so (laughs) all in a day's work well that sounds wonderful I hope you have a great time Uh, Thank you everyone for joining us and we'll see you next time in the break room. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Veterinary Break Room. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, including a video version on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. 
You can also listen to or watch our podcast episodes on our website at cliniciansbrief.com slash podcasts. Or drop us a line at podcasts at vetmedics.com. Veterinary Breakroom is a VetMedics production produced by Alexis Ussery and co-hosted by me, Dr. Alyssa Watson, and Dr. Beth Mollison.